Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Jeremiah's failed ministry as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Shall we turn in our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah? About 60 years after Isaiah died, God called Jeremiah to what I feel must have been the hardest task any minister has ever been called upon to perform for the Lord. Jeremiah had to oversee the death of the nation. He had to watch it as it was in its final death throes, as it went into convulsions and died and was carried away captive to Babylon. His ministry was destined from the beginning for failure. That is, the people were not going to hearken, the people were not going to change They had set their course and their destiny was determined. And yet, because God is so faithful, God continued his witness to them until they were carried away captive to Babylon. And he didn't really stop then. He had Daniel and Ezekiel there in Babylon continuing to witness to them even after their captivity. But Jeremiah's ministry wasn't to be successful as far as really bringing these people back to a spiritual relationship with God. They were on the way downhill. There was no recovery at this point. And he had to sadly watch these people as they disregarded his warnings and as they went on into captivity. So the book of Jeremiah begins with the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Now you will find that there is another priest, Hilkiah, who was the high priest that is not the father of Jeremiah, though Jeremiah was a priest. The fact that he was from Anathoth indicates that he was of the Kohathites. And the Kohathites had been removed, that particular branch of the Levites had been removed from the high priesthood. And so this Hilkiah, the father of Jeremiah, was not synonymous with the Hilkiah, the high priest. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. Now, Josiah was basically a good king. He was eight years old when he began to reign. So naturally, being just a child eight years old, he was just a puppet for the beginning of his reign upon the throne. As other men had good influences upon Josiah, and he instituted spiritual reform in beginning with the fifth year of his reign. And by the time the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the spiritual reforms of of Josiah 
had been pretty effective in that they had gotten rid of most of the altars unto Baal and the groves and the high places where they had worshipped the false gods, where the people of Israel had worshipped these false gods. And yet it was still in their hearts, though that outwardly there was a spiritual reform, inwardly they had not turned with all their hearts to God. So it was a time of outward spiritual revival because the king was a godly king. But as soon as Josiah died, the nation lapsed right back into its idolatry, which indicates that it wasn't really a, a move towards God from their hearts, but only a surface thing in seeking to please the king. They went along with the spiritual reforms. So because it was only surface and not down in the heart of the nation, even during the reign of Josiah, Jeremiah cried out against the things that were going on. During the reign of Josiah, they reinstituted the worship in the temple, but God said, go down to the temple and cry to the people as they go in. Trust not in lying vanity, saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. God said, I've forsaken them. And, and so while Josiah was king, though, Jeremiah did not face really persecution. But once Josiah died and Jehoiakim came onto the throne, then Jehoiakim began to persecute Jeremiah. There were several endeavors to kill him. He was placed in the dungeon. And the same was true through the reign of Zedekiah. Jeremiah spent most of the time in prison. And so he lists these three kings. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the 11th year of Zedekiah, who was the last of the kings, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Now, there were two other kings who reigned during this same period, but their reigns were both of them short-lived. Jehoiahaz and Jehoiachin both had a three-month reign during this same period that Jeremiah was prophesying, but because they reigned for such a short period, Jeremiah does not list them as the kings that were reigning. And it could be that the Lord didn't speak to Jeremiah during those particular periods that Jehoiahaz and Jehoiachin were reigning. So the three major kings, actually Josiah reigned for 31 years. And then Jehoiakim reigned for 11 years and Zedekiah reigned for 11 years until he was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar. His eyes were put out and he was carried away to captivity in Babylon. Now, Jeremiah continued uh, to live there. Nebuchadnezzar gave Jeremiah the choice of staying there or, or in coming to uh, Babylon because Jeremiah was actually accused of treason during a part of his prophesying because 
He was telling the people, look, surrender to the Babylonians. They're going to take you. And so it's better to surrender than to be devastated. And so he was accused of treasonry and imprisoned as a result of it. They thought that he was in conspiracy with the Babylonians. But Nebuchadnezzar, in honoring Jeremiah because of his true prophecies, offered him to come and to have a place there in Babylon. But being the true patriot that he was, he chose to remain there in Jerusalem under the vassal reign of Gedaliah until he was put to death by those evil men. And then he was more or less kidnapped and taken to Egypt. He still wanted to stay, but the people were afraid that as a result of their rebellion against the vassal king that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, Gedaliah, that Nebuchadnezzar was going to come and really destroy them. And so they fled to Egypt and they took Jeremiah with them. And at this point, there are legends and rumors and stories of what happened to Jeremiah. One very common uh, of the rumors is that Jeremiah took the Ark of the Covenant and hid it. And there are some references in some of the books of the Apocrypha to the place where Jeremiah hid the Ark of the Covenant. Other stories are that he took one of the young princes and ferreted him off to Egypt. And then, according to some of the legends that are especially promulgated by the people who are called British Israelites, those who seek to identify the Anglo-Saxon races with the tribes of Israel, they say that Jeremiah spirited the prince to England where he became the king and that the queen of England and Prince Charles are direct descendants of the Davidic line. So God has kept his promise that, you know, from the seed of David there would not lack being one on the throne. Uh, and... Uh, so that is the only place where there's still a monarchy and they are direct descendants. And they go into a long rigmarole of trying to prove their point of this ethnic relationship between the Anglo-Saxon races and uh, the British and Scottish and Danish and so forth. They say Dane, you see, that's Dan, Dan-ish. And the word ish in Hebrew is man. So it's Dan's man, the tribe of Dan. The Danish are the tribe of Dan. The British, you see the ish on the end, proves that they are the lost tribes of Israel. They seem to ignore foolish. But uh, <laughs> there is not, surely not enough solid evidence to prove their claims, it has to be stated that the claims are based much more upon fantasy and uh, hopefulness than on actual reality from historical records. But those are just part of the stories that surround Jeremiah. It is thought that actually he was put to death finally there on one of the 
banks of the Nile, uh, one of the tributaries to the Nile River. But the Bible is silent, so we must be. It's only guesswork after the Bible ceases its record. Verse 4, the word, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came forth out of the womb, I set thee apart, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, there is a lot of question today as to when life begins as we deal with this area of abortion. But I think that it is significant that God declares to Jeremiah, before the fetus was ever formed, I knew you. Before you ever came forth out of the womb, I had already set you apart. God's purposes for our lives were not established after we were born. God's purposes for our lives have been established from the beginning, from the beginning of time. What God said to Jeremiah, he could very well say to each one of you, before you were ever in a fetal state, I knew you. Before you ever came forth out of the womb, I had set you apart for the purpose and the plan that I have for your lives. The thing is, for me to discover and to come into harmony with that plan that God has for me. That's the important thing for me. My destiny has already been determined. The Bible says we are his workmanship created together in Christ Jesus unto the good works that God has before ordained that we should walk in them. God has already before ordained that which he has planned for your life. Now, in the meantime, he is working in your life to prepare you for those works. Thus, we are his workmanship. God is working in us tonight. Paul the Apostle speaks about having been separated from his mother's womb. God's hand was on my life from the beginning. The recognition of that. And I am certain that each of us can look back and we can see how God's hand has been upon our life from the beginning in the experiences and all that we've gone through as God is preparing us for his work. So God speaks to Jeremiah and speaks about his prenatal state. Then said I, that is Jeremiah, responded to God, Oh, Lord God, Behold, I cannot speak, I am but a child. Now, as you figure the years that Jeremiah prophesied and the fact that he was still alive after the captivity and went to Egypt and all, Jeremiah was probably somewhere between 17 and 25 years old when the call of God came to him. And that's where the estimates usually range between 17 and 25. Now, can you imagine a 17-year-old boy and God saying, 
I knew you before you were ever in a fetal state, and I set you apart, and you're to tell him, thus saith the Lord. Well, I'm sure that the, you'd have the same problem that Jeremiah, who am I, Lord? I'm just, a, I'm, just a, I'm just a young man, and that's what the Hebrew word is there. I'm just a young man, usually indicated a teenager. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I'm a young man, for you shall go to all that I send you, and whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. So often it seems that when God called a person for a particular service, they were aware of their inabilities to fulfill that service for God. God called Moses. Oh, God, I can't speak. I haven't been able to speak. And I can't even speak now. So many times people are trying to excuse themselves because of the recognition of their own abilities. But in reality, God isn't looking for talented abled people. He's just looking for willing people. That we would not go forth in our abilities, in our genius, but we would trust in the Lord and go forth in the power of the Spirit. So God said, don't say. Now don't say that. Don't say you can't do it. <laughs> don't say you're but a child. Gideon said, oh Lord, you can't mean me. My father is a nobody and I'm the least in my father's family. You can't mean me. Saul, when Samuel said, God has called you to be the king over Israel. Oh, no, no. May a mistake here somewhere. And many times when God lays upon our hearts the things that he has in mind, we say, Lord, there's a mistake here somewhere. The angel's got the wrong address. He's delivering the message to the wrong person, Lord. That's not me. But the very consciousness of our ability is the very thing that qualifies us for that which God wants to do. Because God said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So it, it isn't my ability that God is really seeking for. It's just a channel, an instrument through which he can do his work. And if I feel like I can't do it, then that makes me a more yielded vessel unto God. If I feel, all oh, right, Lord, you bet. I've just been waiting for you, you know. I'll do it right away. Then it takes a while before God beats me down to nothing. So then he can go ahead and do what he's been wanting to do through me. In every service to which God calls us, there is that feeling of I'm ill-equipped. Oh, Lord, who am I? Now God said, don't be afraid of their faces. Here's a young fellow going out and saying these things that are going to get people mad and they're going to start glaring at him and gritting their teeth and, and scowling and making all kinds of fierce faces at him because he's saying things they don't like. So God said, don't be afraid of their faces. 
For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. So God's personal message of comfort to the prophet. Now, don't be afraid the way they look at you, because I am with you to deliver you. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have set thee this day over the nations. Now imagine God saying this to just a young fellow, 17, 18 years old. Today, now look, I've touched you and I've set you over the nations. Me? And over the kingdoms. And this was his ministry. To root out, to pull down, and to destroy. Oh, what a ministry. continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 1 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May God bless you and keep His hand upon your life, to guide, to strengthen, to bless. May he minister to your life in such a way that you'll be very conscious of the presence of God. May he just burst upon the scene, and may you just recognize his nearness and his grace and his love and just be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. May the Lord bless Watch over and keep you through Jesus Christ our Lord. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For years, Pastor Chuck was asked thousands of questions. This new guy that my mom married, he thinks that the Christian beliefs are foolish, and I was wondering if that's going to like affect my mom's walk. I'm a Christian. I'm trying to fight the addiction of smoking, and are those things going to keep me from going in the rapture? Is it okay to use your tithe and give it to someone who's going on a mission trip instead of giving it directly to church? 
The Word for Today is pleased to present an ebook called Biblical Counseling by Chuck Smith, listing over 200 topics that include Pastor Chuck's commentary and the scripture references he used. Topics include addiction, business relationships, depression, lawsuits, sexuality, training children, and so much more. To download the Biblical Counseling ebook by Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link provided. Or you can call 1-800-272-9673.